0: Hello everyone and welcome to the theater of football. I am Mike Hodum and I'm joined by Patrick Heinrich. Patrick, hello. Hey, how's it going everybody? Hey Mike. Hey Patrick, Um, we were gonna talk about our uh, transfer dealings or lack thereof and the uh, release of the Premier League schedule that came out yesterday. Um, But unfortunately, we're gonna start off the video by talking about uh, Harry Maguire. Um, I was woken up, or actually I wasn't woken up. I wake up two, three times in the middle of the night um, this morning. Um, I was once again woke up, probably the second time I woke up, but we don't need to get into that. Never mind. Um, Anyways, uh, I had an alert on my phone saying Harry Maguire was arrested in Greece. And uh, let's just say I didn't get back to sleep, not because I was – not because I think Harry Maguire is the best player to ever play for Manchester United, but he's captain of the club. Um, and to have the captain of your club arrested by the police, it was a little bit like having uh, Steven Gerrard as your captain. Um, <laughs> Zing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, P- Patrick. Um, I don't. I don't want to get into the details of of what happened yet, because I feel like a lot of it is just conjecture. At this point, I don't. Really, I don't really want to get into the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Um, but if, cause we do know that McGuire has been arrested. Reports are that I don't want to get into conjecture again. But reports are that he's going to spend his second night in jail tonight. Yeah. Um, if everything goes well and he gets he gets off, he comes back to the club, and he's there for when the season kicks off on the weekend of the nineteenth of September. Should he still be captain?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, certainly, I, well, I don't even know if it's a, if he's accused of wrongdoing at all. I mean, being a captain of a squad has a certain, you know, requirements that come with it. And one of them is don't get arrested in Greece. I <laughs> don't get arrested in any country, I should say. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get arrested, get arrested in Greece, but don't get arrested <laughs> anywhere <laughs> for that matter. And I think... I think it's definitely an option that should be on the table is to take it away. Because I, I don't think that it's representative of the club. And I think that it's, um, you know, I, I, would, I would do it if I was, um, you know, in that position. I'd take it away. I'd give it to someone else. I'd give it to Bruno Fernandez.
0: That was going to be my follow-up <laughs> question would be if, if, if you took it away, who, who would you give it to? So you're saying Bruno. yes. I would like to say I disagree with you, but I feel like there's no other option if you take it away from Harry Maguire. And I feel like at this point, he's been arrested. That's not good. You have to have some type of punishment. I don't think the club's going to be strong enough to suspend him for games. Nope. Uh, I don't know if we can afford to suspend him for games, for that matter, <laughs> but we can take away the captaincy. And I have read many United fans' uh, Twitter posts over the last couple months, uh, and a lot of them indicate that he was lucky to get the captaincy in the first place. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know if he was lucky, but it was just, there was just really no other option yeah. When Ashley Young got sold to enter in the middle of January, who were you gonna give it to? Like I felt like he was the only option. But now, after we sold Ashley Young, we signed Bruno soon thereafter. And he mm-hmm. shows a certain leadership quality on the pitch that I love. I loved him getting in Lindelof's face after uh the Sevilla goal. And I love after the game that he said, Oh, this is normal. We're just passionate, you know. Yeah. This is this is this is what I what what I want to see. What I think uh, United fans want to see is players out there. Uh, you know, you don't want to see them throwing throwing fists like uh, Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer did with uh, Newcastle over a decade and a half ago. But you, you want to see them yelling at each other when things go wrong, like getting you know getting at each other. Like, come yeah. on, we need to do better than this. And I feel like he offers that leadership that we have been severely lacking. And I haven't seen that from McGuire on the pitch. I feel like off the pitch, doing interviews, um, doing the, the various uh, press charity obligations that a captain has to do, he's done a great job. But as far as on the pitch, I felt like as soon as we signed Bruno – That first game he played against Wolves that finished nil-nil. He's bossing people around. He's he's trying to tell people what to do. He seems like the leader. He seems to know what's going on. He clearly has the best footballing IQ of anyone on that team. Yep. And if you're going to take the captaincy away from McGuire, which I feel like already at this point without knowing what's going on, the fact he got himself arrested in a foreign country on holiday (laughs) – you need to take the captaincy away. Yep. Yeah. And the only option to get only player to give it to is Bruno.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean you, you know
1: it 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 doesn't take a lot to you know prove that Bruno should be taking that responsibility. I mean I think he's shown that he's a leader in the team, you know, since he first got here um, he's uh, been involved in the press conferences. He's always the person that gets talked to or interviewed after the, in the post-match interviews. Um, everybody's interested in his perspective. Um, I, I, he's done extremely well at acclimating to his role within Manchester United, and I think he has a unique perspective as an outsider um, that I think we need to bring into the club as that ca- in in that captain role. And I, I can't think. You know, there, obviously we have other members that have more seniority, sure. But I think he is a define himself as a true leader already within the club, and it it would. I I don't think anybody would disagree that he would be a great candidate to be the a captain. I mean, it, he's already yelling at the refs, so nice. we might as well give him the power to yell
0: at the refs. Give him a little bit more oomph, <laughs> so he's gonna do it anyway. Yeah, I think it's a hockey rule that if you're a captain or an associate captain, uh, captains and associate captains are the only ones that have the right to actually speak to the ref in hockey, Um, but that's something that sometimes I wish uh, football had, too, but um, yeah, I mean, you could look at Rashford. Rashford's done great things off the pitch. He's very mature. And rumor has it that he was actually him and Brandon Williams were actually hanging out with McGuire earlier <laughs> in the day. So, you know, you know me, Patrick, you've known me since uh, we were in uh, middle school together. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm always the optimist. Uh, I'm never cynical. <laughs> I'm never pessimistic. So I'm just, I'm just glad that uh, Rashford and Brandon Williams uh, found something else to do that night. Um, they didn't get themselves locked up in that mess. Not that I think uh, they would either anyway, but, uh but yeah, I mean, you could look at Rashford and, and think that um you could give him the captaincy, but I just, he's 22. Um, he's done great things off the pitch, but I just, uh, Bruno's a few years older and he's more outspoken. Yes. He's, foreign, if you will. He's Portuguese, but he speaks very good English, and he's Mm -hmm. very open with the media. Um, He talks a lot. Um, And he hasn't been arrested in Greece. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) Uh, I I just feel like that's, if you're going to take the captaincy away from Maguire, which I think at this point you have to, uh, because I think that's the only punishment that you can give that would mean something. Yep. Um, and, and that and 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 that doesn't necessarily hurt the club because it doesn't. I mean, we'll get to transfers in a minute, but gosh, that's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it doesn't look like any right now. It doesn't look like any new signings are coming in in defense. So um, yeah, I mean, you yeah. take the captaincy away from him and you give it to Bruno. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Gonna I mean, <laughs> that, that's all we're going to talk about with McGuire for now. In future videos um, as more details, confirmed details, come to light with what's going on, uh, we'll discuss it. Uh, apparently, the prosecutors will come up with uh, charges tomorrow, formal yep. charges tomorrow. Um, if there are any, I, I assume there will be, but you know what they say about assumptions, so um, we'll, 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 we'll just wait for that. Uh, but we'd like to move on to more positive thing for now and uh, talk about the, the Premier League schedule. It came out the other day. Um, uh, Patrick, uh, y- you told me when it came out that you were, were happy with the schedule. And um, looking at it, I agree. I never make too much of the schedule because uh, at the end of the day, you're going to play every team yeah. uh, home and away. So, um, but uh, looking at the one thing that was curious to me was we drew Burnley for the first day and it was already postponed because Premier League decided that United and City would have their first matches postponed because of our commitments in Europe with this odd year that has just ended. Yeah. But to me, it just, Made the most sense to have a Manchester Derby on the first day. I know the the schedule makers have it a rule have, have a rule where uh, none of the top four teams play on the first day, and I believe that none of the top four teams from the last uh, last year play on the last day either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's considering this wouldn't be the first game, it just made mo- the most sense to me to draw to to pick a Manchester Derby on the first day. With the knowledge that it's going to get postponed to November or December, yeah. Um, what do you what do you make of that, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a great idea. I mean, I, I understand the rules around it, but you know, the the Derby's already in December, so had they had our first game and postponed it, it would be in December anyway. So um, I think it would have been a very interesting um, approach to that. But I think at the same time, I don't think uh, Burnley or Aston Villa are going to argue against it <laughs> because they get an extra. Uh, an extra match postponed, a little bit more time to, uh, to rest, so um, but, you know, I think it would be a great idea uh, if they had done that.
0: Yeah, we were talking uh, uh, about Burnley and Aston Villa because Villa was City's opponent mm-hmm. and um, they they don't have to worry about European football and, and part of the schedule, which is it's going to be log jammed um, due to the late start, yeah, is that you have, if I remember correctly, I saw a leaked spreadsheet of the English match days for the whole year. And I believe you had European dates during midweeks on three consecutive weeks starting in October with the group stage. And then you had European dates on three consecutive weeks after uh, an international break at the beginning of, of November. And you bring up an excellent point with Burnley and Aston Villa because they, they don't have to worry about European football. So they yeah. get an extra week between the end of the season and starting now. And especially with Aston Villa, because they had a pretty emotional last few weeks roller coaster, um, end of the season where they, they were able to stay up on the last day and had those wild celebrations in the dresser room that Roy <laughs> King did not approve of. And uh, um yeah, yeah they're riding an emotional roller coaster, yeah, and with such a, such a quick start to the next year, um, having that extra week, I think will just help them more. And yeah. they're already looking to recruit players, recruiting uh, to improve upon uh, what they did last year. Hopefully they won't be in a relegation fight next year. yeah, uh, from a Villa point of view. And uh, Burnley, um, I forget where they finished, but I believe they finished ninth or 10th. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, they beat the crap out of us at Old Trafford, the last <laughs> game I went to. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they already have a pretty good side. I think uh, Jeff Hendrick, who was a pretty decent player for them, left as a free uh, – uh, his contract was up at the end of the year. so um, yeah. uh, They'll look to, to recruit and build again. So I think it's – Good advantage for them. So I think yeah. other clubs might be disappointed they didn't draw United or City and have that type of type of advantage, don't you think, Patrick? Yeah, I definitely think so. Well,
1: yeah. I, I definitely agree with Aston Villa. I mean, it it <laughs> I'm sure they're very excited about drawing um Manchester City and you know having that that delay, um, especially like you said, with all everything that's been going on. Plus, I think for Villa it's interesting too because it, it may give them a little bit more time around transfers. So they might, they might relish that opportunity as well. Um, but, you know, I think if it's tough for me for, for Burnley because of, you know, where they finished, you know, I think it's giving them a bit of a, you know, competitive edge going into their first match, which will be everyone else's second match. So I don't think, you know, that seems a little one-sided to me, but um you know if you had stuck someone else in there like uh like a brighton or somebody like that that might have been a little bit better but luck with the draw
0: yeah um it's interesting though that i i I disagree with you a little bit about the um i don't know if the advantage will necessarily be seen immediately it might be like uh tires in formula one they have three different tires and they like to run the medium and hard tires because they can go longer and runs. And then, you know, the, the, the soft tires kind of wear out faster and, yeah. and, and you get have more speed the first few laps, but then they start to wear out and the driver can't handle them. Yep. Um, so I look at like, I look at Burnley in particular and think that having this delay might slowly build them momentum. Whereas I just think, like you said with Astonville, I mean, and I said that just with the emotion that they had at the end of the year and the quick turnaround, that that just gives them another week just to refocus. Um, And, yeah, Burnley, just that F1 analogy um, kind of rings to my mind. But uh, not that I'm a big F1 fan or anything. I prefer NASCAR because I'm American. But um, (laughs) hate me if you want. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um we're going to move on to our last topic today. <laughs> um and it's a it's a great one that there's really no news for. Uh let's talk about transfers Patrick. Yeah. I know you're excited to talk about transfers. <laughs> you mean speculate about transfers? <laughs> speculate, yes. Um so if you're keeping if you're keeping score at home so far, since the transfer window opened, there is it's 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 arrests one, <laughs> and transfers nil. Transfers no.
1: <laughs> well, I have a, a interesting I, my one of the things that I read about this last week that I thought was interesting and wondered what your thoughts were on it was Sergio Romero for Jack Grealish. <laughs> i thought that i'd be like give it to me i'm out
0: <laughs> yeah you know if i was surgery yeah but at the same time i i was think i saw that too i was like that's kind of a slap in his face like i felt like he's been a loyal uh uh player for the club he's rarely put a foot wrong yeah and you're gonna offer him up as a make weight for the eighty million pound beats <laughs> price tag that you've slapped on Jack Grealish to get it down maybe. to maybe seventy million.
1: <laughs> high price overly high price, I
0: would say. <laughs> and you could are I mean, we've said on our channel that that the Sergio's probably been our best player over the last couple best goalkeeper not best player, best yeah. goalkeeper, goalkeeper over the past two seasons. Yeah. So um I think yeah. that's just kind of insulting to him but yeah at the same time if you're if you're if you're Sergio I mean you look at the goalkeepers there at Aston Villa Tom Heaton was injured uh the back half of the year they signed Pepe Reina on loan to get them over the line for staying in the the Premier League and who that young I think he was Norwegian goal, uh, Norwegian goalkeeper was the one who took the who fumbled the ball over the line against Sheffield United only for goal line technology, not to work. Yeah. And not just that, but other couple other games he played, he did not look assured at all. So I think it's a great opportunity for him to go to another premier league side and, and be the number one. Yeah. Um, And
1: with Dean Henderson potentially signing a new contract um, and you know, there's already some competition there uh, for the number one um it's just it to me it seems like a good opportunity to be the number one for a little while and then transition I mean I wouldn't expect him to stay there for very long but <laughs> yeah. actually for uh for Villa it might be a good like you know turn and burn you know put him in as number one and then send him along
0: well, I think Dean Smith, the uh, Bidlam manager, would like to play a more possession-based style of play. Now, uh, second half of the year, they had so many injuries, and they got slung into that relegation dogfight that he yeah. had to adapt and figure out ways to, to scratch out points. Yeah. Um, but I think, I, I think something about Romero that people don't necessarily realize or see – is that he is a good distributor uh, with the ball. Uh, yeah. I think he's better than De Gea with the ball at his feet. Yes. And I think he can add that to his game. And he's a good shot star- stopper. He really is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think it would be a good move for Aston Villa. Um, we would still have if – if Dean Henderson signs a new contract, with which rumor is – I don't know if you can believe it or not – um, but that he is going to sign a new contract. So uh, Ole's going to open up the number one competition between Dean and David. Uh, then don't, don't, don't forget, you still have Lee Grant there. It's true. Um, the wily old veteran. He can come <laughs> in and, and, and supplant both of them. I'm sure Ole's <laughs> wise enough to, 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 to grant you there and, and give him an opportunity to potentially show his stuff. I remember I remember him playing a blinder for Stoke a few years back when uh, we drew 1-1 and we should have won like 5-1 and he just kept on saving everything because every goalkeeper like Bono at Sevilla, Sevilla plays their best game when when they play Manchester United. But <laughs> right. that's, that's the way it goes when you're a big club. Uh, you should expect everyone's best game, right? That's true.
1: And you should expect of yourself a good game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's not (laughs) always the case um but uh uh so we are talking about transfers um patrick i don't know if you caught my uh uh special yesterday podcast on uh anchor about uh gabriel mcgallish uh I i hope i'm saying his name right um it's been 24 hours since I uh, published that, and uh, he's nowhere closer to being a United player. And one report read that he was giving it 48 hours to see. Um, as far as I heard today, it was that we went into Lille, but we didn't come in with the same am- with the, with the same amount at as amount of money as as Arsenal, which is really tough to take. Yeah, uh, that that he's that has reportedly had a fee of 22 and a half million pounds roughly accepted for the player <laughs> we come in with 20 um, in this market 22 year old showing a lot of promise in a position we do i feel desperately need mm-hmm. uh is this just more more banter for the for the for twitter That we can't uh, come up with a couple more million and match Arsenal's fee for a player who seems player and representatives who seem to be stalling to see if United will come in for him.
1: Yeah, well,
0: to me, it's just
1: it's just evidence that there's there's a uh, a willingness or a issue with approvals to to sign some of these players and make some of these deals, and we know that you know. Ed Woodward is not the fastest person in the world to, you know, prove these things. But, uh, but still, you know, like, um, there's, there's, uh, Ole many times has said, you know, here's my wish list. Um, and we have nothing of it so far. And I think that um, it's, there's, there's a backlog. And I think that backlog is an unwillingness to spend money. Um, and that's really unfortunate. <laughs> and because it's so desperately needed. And I think, I don't think the Glazers or Woodward really understand how important this is, and, um, I, you know, I, I, nothing against um, Ole and his, you know, management style, but, you know, sometimes I don't think he's the one to go in there with, you know, a hammer and just lay down the, this is what we need, um, and this is what's going to happen, style of management, and I think that, you know, I'm purely speculating, really, at this point, but. Um, At some point, someone needs to push this over the edge.
0: Yeah. The speculation standpoint, Ole probably sees Mourinho has done that with the hammer and got himself fired. Now, (laughs) Mourinho Mourinho did other things to get himself fired, like throw the current squad he has under the the bus completely and and, drive forward and then back back over them. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he might be too nice and 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 realizes he's in his dream job, so he's going to do whatever he can with the resources he has and do the yeah. best job he, he can do with that. But but at the end of the day, uh, and I said in my rant about Joel Glazier in particular, because he has ultimate say over player personnel decisions, and... That's where I think we get bogged down into not doing things quickly, is that Ed comes to him and says, Oh, we're going after this player. And Joel's like, okay, let me take a look at him. Then Joel spends a week, spends a hundred hours watching that player's games on various websites or whatever. Yeah. and doing research of the current market value and then ultimately comes with a yes or no. And by that time, the club's just pissed off with us or or the players move to another club. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you got to trust your scouts. You got to trust your football people in place that they're going to make the right decisions. Yep. And Joel Glazier does not do that. Um, yeah, he, he loves Anthony Martial, and Mourinho hated him. Yeah, uh, and so, I mean, he, he does – he might have an eye for a decent player, but at the same time, I don't think Joel Glacier has any clue of how we want to play or how Ole wants to play. Right. Um, he's just looking at the player to see, oh, is he worth this amount? Yeah. Um, he's worth that amount if he comes in and, 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 and can, can offer something in the way that Ole wants to play, uh, which is, as you say. <laughs> oh, attacking – Full frontal football, That's
1: right? <laughs> full so, frontal football is not the actual term. That's the one I just made up in my in my mind. But high I'll, pressing, high pressing football, right? I will trademark full frontal football.
0: But dot
1: no, com. I'm not trademarking that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I think it's high pressing football, high right? Pressing That's football. what it <laughs> always yeah, says. Exactly. We're starting to play high press, or wait, we are. Pre- we're yeah, all playing high press, high pressing. <laughs> high pressing football, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, at the end of the day, the glaciers need to just go. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: the other thing too, that I've been seeing, and I kind of see this narrative going as well is, you know, like, um, Ole is the, the first manager to start eight, you know, eight young new players for the first time in, you know, so many years and, um, you know, maybe there's this narrative that's. That's being talked about, about how we're not going to spend any money on um, new players and just, you know, mentor and grow our squad, which at this point, given our current status, I mean, that's an admirable goal. And I think that's a goal that any club wants to be in. But I think given our current status and our current bench, we're not in the position to do that. United is not in the position to do that. We need to bring in talent. Um, if we're going to, you know, do well in the, in the next season. But I do kind of see this that narrative, like, working its way around.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I think there's an, there's going to start to be an over-reliance on our youth academy because yeah. LA has had success with it uh, mostly this year. Um, and we are looking at try- – I keep reading news about us signing – youth players and more and more youth players, fullbacks and all this stuff. Um, And you're you're right. I think that is going to start being the narrative that we're not going to sign players. We're just going to start promoting from youth and hope that it goes well.
1: Yeah. Which I do think too, that, I mean, there's other signs that that's, you know, that thought process is also working and should be working in tandem with signing new talent. Um, But with Heath Chong going to Werner Bremen, which I think is a great, Um, a great loan Um, when he comes back he'll be fantastic I'm sure Um, you know I hopefully hopefully. (laughs) but I think that's also a good sign of kind of that organic growth Um, so but that can't be the only focus and if we don't sign anybody that'll be a really big problem
0: yeah I agree but the uh, unfortunately the curtain is now closing on the theater of football (laughs) Um, as always hit us up on twitter Um, at Theater of Football. And uh, for Patrick, I'm Mike. I hope you have a great weekend and we'll be back next week. (laughs) Cheers, everyone.